Welcome to The Wrap, a weekly podcast covering women's sports news. Bez, what have we got around the grounds this week? Towns will win game one of the grand final series. Super Netball is back and Olivia Picardo becomes the first woman to play in an NCAA Division I baseball game. For the key story, we'll discuss FIFA's increase of World Cup prize money to US $150 million. That's a lot of dollars. It's a lot of dollars and it's moving in the right direction. My name is Chloe Dalton. I'm an Olympic gold medalist in rugby sevens and I play AFLW for the GWS Giants. Every week I'm joined on the show by my co-host Bez, who works behind the scenes to pull together the research and do the merchandise and lots of the things at TFAP, who's also getting ready for the Waratahs return as the manager of the women's team this Friday, Bez. Round one. Can't wait. Game week. Are you nervous? No, not at all. Never. Very confident in the girls. Love it. They're all over it. Let's take a look around the grounds. In WNBL, 15 in a row for the Townsville Fire. And they've not succumbed to the weight of C. Dalton jumping on their bandwagon. It's not a bandwagon because it's been much more than just this season. I know you're pushing your agenda. I'm not like a Steph Curry bandwagoner like back in the day at Golden State Warriors. Okay, play on. (laughs) In game one of the three-match series, the Fire were dominant, registering the largest winning margin in a grand final game in history when they smacked the Southside Flyers 94-63. to 63. The Townsville Entertainment Centre was pumping on Saturday night and the home side absolutely came to play. They dominated early and went to halftime up 57-38, to 38, a commanding lead that was never threatened in the second half. It was the Fire's bench that really stood up. Um, they owned the, the Flyers, the f- Fire and the Flyers. Yeah, it's a lot. Ugh. Imagine commentating that game. Yeah, it'd be tough. You'd have to just go with Townsville and Southside, I reckon. Oh, you'd have to. Yeah. So they owned the Flyers bench 46 to 14. It's a dominant bench. Isn't it? Backup guard Shiley Hill had 23 points, shooting at 97% in just 20 minutes on the court. Mine says 90. Did you make up 97? Yeah, 90%. Did I say 97? I think so. It happens. <laughs> you ever shot at 90%? Maybe from the free throw line. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, you know, the Townsville Fire were so dominant that import Tiana Hawkins posted 20 points before being able to sit out the entire fourth quarter. Oh, that's nice. Not bad, sitting down your star for the final bits. That's a convincing win, isn't it? Yeah, it was clear early the Flyers were suffering the effects of a super tough three-game semifinal series against the Melbourne Boomers. And besides guard Rebecca Cole, who led her side with 20 points, there were just not enough other scoring threats on the court for Southside. Cole said after the match, I like what she said here, she said, we came here wanting to put on a good show, but I think we didn't want it as much as they did tonight. I'm disappointed, but I'm not defeated. It's a series for a bloody reason. <laughs> Get that in, dear. That was ugly on our end. We need to go back and change some things. I'm excited for Wednesday and I want to show them what we have got. The Flyers will host game two of the series at Victoria State Basketball Centre on Wednesday night and have to win to force game three in Townsville, which would be on this coming Saturday. The carryover fatigue from that game three, like that was a really close match and it's not surprising that they were still impacted by that one a little bit. Yeah, taking into account too, they've had I think three um, players ruled out for the season through injury, one of those being the GOAT. That was a, that one hurt, didn't it? Pretty impressive they've got there, but I'm sure they're not happy with just getting there. And I reckon we might see a bit of fire on Wednesday, a bit of fire against the fire, <laughs> fighting fire with fire, shall we say? That's good. It's good from you. <laughs> 
in netball. Suncorp Super Netball is back and the grand final rematch was as good on court as it looked on paper. The home side playing in front of a big Perth crowd just got the win when Janelle Fowler scored on the siren to secure a 62 to 61 victory. Fowler was perfect for the fever with 55 goals from as many attempts. What percentage is that, Bez? That's 100. (laughs) And it was the shooting that let the Vixens down. They shot at only 80% in the first half to go into halftime down 32 to 28. And despite a spirited comeback, the fever were just too good. Fowler said after the match, it was very intense. Good job to the Vixens who brought it in the last 10 minutes of the game. But congrats to my girls. We held on and didn't let it get to us. I reckon just us taking on each week differently and knowing that we have what it takes to take on each round and stay motivated within ourselves. The Collingwood Magpies opened their season with a super impressive win over the New South Wales Swifts, 71 to 63 at John Kane Arena. There was another perfect shooting performance this time from the Magpies Jamaican superstar Shimona Nelson, who finished with 53 from 53 attempts. People have been working on their shooting in the off season, haven't they? I just don't. It's, it blows my mind. It's it's kind of a weird thing. Like for anyone to perform that number of repetitions at 100% is really impressive. It's just elite. It really is. And and like you said, like there's not even one moment for either of those two shooters where they, you know, were looking up at the ring and thought, I don't know what I'm going to have for dinner tonight and missed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like not even that little fade out. <laughs> I don't Look, I don't know if you think about what you're going to eat. While you're flying? I reckon you probably do, actually. Well, I don't know when playing. Definitely when I'm training. Like when I'm (laughs) in a really hard conditioning session, I'm like, if you finish this, you can have a big steak for dinner. Nice. (laughs) But more just the pressure of like when you're going at 100% and it's getting towards the end of the game. More for me, it would be less about the thoughts for dinner. It'd be more the thoughts of don't miss this one. Yeah. You're just waiting for the the miss. The The miss. I was going to say the penny to drop, but that doesn't really make any sense because that would kind of be nice if it dropped in. If it dropped in. Uh, The impeccable defence from Molly Jovic and Ash Brazzle allowed the Magpies to pull away from the Swifts and chalk up their first victory of 2023. Defence wins trophies in cricket. The Women's Premier League in India is halfway through and on the weekend, Kiwi Sophie Devine came so close to scoring the first ever century in the competition when she crushed 99 runs from only 36 balls. That's so impressive. She went berserk. How good is that? Berserk for the Royal Challengers Bangalore team. They should be called the Bangalore Berserkers. <laughs> the innings was just outstanding and left her Aussie teammate Elise Perry awestruck. The effort saw the RC Bangalore team reach the total of 188 set by the Gujarat Giants with 27 balls to spare. Pez said after the match, most of the time when I've seen her bat like that, it's been playing against her. So for me, selfishly, (laughs) it's nice to be on her side tonight. There are a few people who can do what she did tonight, but she's been doing it consistently for years. And what she did tonight was special. She was just clubbing them. It's it's impressive. I think the 50 50 came up off 21 balls or something ridiculous. And you just they just get in that flow state, don't they? Yeah, exactly. And the bowler just stands at the mark and thinks, what am I going to bowl? Yeah, and then the more they get into the bowler's head, right? It's all over. The earlier match of the night saw Elisa Healy's UP Warriors become the first team to beat the table-topping Mumbai Indians. Some excellent hitting from Aussies Grace Harris, who scored 39, and Talia McGrath, 38, led the Warriors to a five-wicket win in the 19th over. I like that the Warriors has a Z on the end. Warriors. Warriors. Would your berserkers have a Z on the end? I might even have one in the middle. 
And then it'd be Bez Urkers. That's good. Stop it. That's good. <laughs> In football, the Australian Professional League's Chief Executive Officer, Danny Townsend, confirmed last week that clubs from Canberra and Auckland will join the A-League in the 2024 to 25 season and two more licenses are set to be awarded for the following season and beyond. The move will see Canberra receive an A-League men's team to join the current standalone women's team and Auckland to start a new club entirely. Canberra and Auckland will pay expansion fees of about 25 million Australian dollars with the new owners to be given a share in the A-Leagues along with the other 12 existing outfits and other major stakeholders. The APL said that all future bids must contain men's and women's teams, as well as assurances around facilities with the favourites for the 25-26 season being Tasmania and Darwin. That's a pretty cool expansion, isn't it? I think it is. It's becoming, the global game is becoming all over Australia as well. Mm-hmm. An Australia game, Australia-wide game. Continue. On to the next. The <laughs> ultimate goal is for the A-Leagues to be a 16-team competition played over 30 rounds and to build on the success of both national teams in the international space to help grow the domestic league. It'd be awesome to see some of those Matildas and Socceroos come back and play a bit more in the domestic comp. I mean, obviously, financial reasons lead them overseas, which you can't begrudge the players because there's serious coin on offer over there. But wouldn't it be great to see... Them even maybe retire back here a few years, like Sam Kerr when she's finishing off, go back to Perth and finish. Imagine what that would do for Australian football. Yeah, it'd be huge. It, well, I mean, she's done so much for Australian football, but specifically for the A-League women's, that would that would do a huge amount for the domestic league. Yeah. And now that those women are making some decent coin overseas, it probably allows them to, to think, okay, I can go and spend two years at the end of my career at home building up my club again. Mm. It'd be really nice to see and let's hope it happens. Almost like the LJ effect. Yeah, exactly like the LJ effect. Thank you. Maybe without all of the operations on her legs. I hope not. (laughs) She's had a rough run, hasn't she? She really has. But just keeps performing because she's a goat. In basketball, speaking of LJ, March Madness has kicked off. And if you got in on our bracket fun, I hope you haven't busted your bracket already like I have. Yours did yours bust quickly? (laughs) Pretty quickly. I think your dad's winning. I'm pretty sure that's him. Is he? Yeah. Bradley. I'm, I'm off well Bradley. Done. I've been watching it. It's so good. It's it's good quality basketball. It's so good. So leading up to the tournament kicking off, ESPN announced that it sold out its NCAA women's basketball tournament advertising inventory, including branding opportunities outside of the comp 67 games for the second consecutive year. They've done deals with 15 broadcast sponsors and nearly 100 different advertisers. So, so, so good. So good. Selling out. ESPN has been expanding its coverage of the Women's March Madness tournament before renegotiating its contract with the NCAA in 2024. The current deal, I think, is actually lumped in with the men's deal. So they're going to, I think, if they're smart, they'll split it this year like everyone. You know, let's actually separate this. Um, But the current kind of pay is around US $34 a year. And experts believe that number could absolutely skyrocket in value after this year's tournament. ESPN's Women's Selection Show presentation, which was on last weekend, our time, a week ago, averaged 1.27 million viewers, which was an 18% jump from last year. Those numbers validated ESPN's decision to shift that show from Monday night in the States to Sunday night to prime time. So it is all happening and the basketball's great. Get around it. I think if they do separate and renegotiate that deal, there's such cold hard evidence of the growth year on year in viewership numbers and filling those sponsorships slots. Like there's no real argument 
that it shouldn't be a huge increase. They're not struggling to find advertisers. No, they're not. More basketball news. Sabrina Ionescu has a signature sneaker through Nike, making her the 12th WNBA athlete to have their own shoe. She joins Brianna Stewart and Elena Del Don in releasing shoes in the last year. Prior to that, Candace Parker, I love Candace Parker, was the most recent player to have a shoe, which she released with Adidas in 2011. Interesting that big gap though, isn't it? Yeah, that is it is quite a big one, isn't it? There was a glut of – well, not a glut. There was a few of them around that 2011 time. But, yeah, then a big space before the next lot. Really interesting. What, what led to that. Mm. The New York Liberty star, Sabrina Unescu, said, I think it's super important that it's not just a shoe. It's about the story that it tells and what it's going to do for everyone that sees it and buys into it. It features a geometric pattern inspired by Romanian art, a nod to where her family's heritage is from. She said, it was important to me to incorporate where I come from, how I got here, and a lot of the sacrifices that my parents and my family have taken for me to even play the game of basketball and the game that I love. The shoe will be released in April and in unisex sizing, as well as kids sizes, which was important to UNESCO. She said, I want kids and people of all age ranges, males and females, to be able to get this shoe and see themselves in it and the possibility of being who you want to be. It's cool that a lot of the time it's not just female athletes making products for young girls now. There's a real recognition of including young boys in that to also be able to change their attitudes about it too, that they can have an idol who's a female athlete. Yeah, it's the the true meaning of the word inclusive. Correct. It's for all. In baseball, Olivia Picardo became the first woman to play in an NCAA Division I baseball game when she pinch hit for Brown, University of Brown. A demo of a pinch hit? A pinch hit? Yeah, so she was a designated hitter. Great. That's pinch hitting. So she didn't feel it or anything, but they subbed her into hit for someone else is my understanding of pinch hitting. Great. We'll go with that. The left-handed batting utility player from Queens, New York, went to the plate with one out in the bottom of the ninth inning and grounded out to first on the first pitch she faced. So it wasn't the most successful pinch hit of her life, I'm sure, but she was there. Picardo was an outfielder and pitcher on the USA Baseball Women's National Team that won three of five against Team Canada in its only games last summer. So she tried out for Brown last year. And in November, coach Grant Achilles told her she earned a roster spot. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Mm-hmm. She was what they call a walk-on. So they basically just rock up to training and yep. try out. The, the, the kind of genuine definition of trying out as opposed to being bought from somewhere else. Um, Achilles said after the game, I hope it shows people that if a player is talented enough to be given the opportunity, that they should be judged solely on their baseball abilities. No other factor should play into that. And Liv is an example of that. It doesn't just take her putting all the work and effort in. It takes a network of people that have supported her along the way. It takes teammates along the way. Her teammates are a special group to be able to both realize how historic this moment is, but also to how to hold her accountable as a teammate to our standard as a baseball player. And I think that's been the most beautiful part of it for me is that she is a teammate. They don't handle her with white gloves because it's different. They work to navigate the space with her as an individual and that's how she makes our team better is by bringing her best every day, pushing others and then having that unique dynamic goose bumps. This Achilles boy, he like, that's quite beautiful, that quote from him. Goose bumps as I was reading it. Yeah. Amazing. What a cool coach though. He sounds so well-rounded in his approach to it. Doesn't he? And I love that, you know, not sugarcoating it, like she has to be held accountable by her teammates. She has to perform. There's no free rides here. 
And I imagine she would love that part of it. Like, and thrive thrive underneath someone like that. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Well done, Olivia. Well done, Coach Achilles. Let's take a look at the key story. Some pretty exciting news for the Paramatildas, actually. So Football Australia and the Australian Federal Government announced on Friday that Australia has been confirmed as the host of the Men's and Women's 2023 IFCPF Asia Oceania Championships, the Para-Asian Cup, following a decision made by the International Federation of Cerebral Palsy Foundation. It'll be the first time ever a women's para-Asian cup competition will be contested and will also mark the first time the men's and women's para-Asian cup will be held at the same time. The newly constructed home of the Matildas at La Trobe University in Melbourne will play host to Asia Pacific's best para-footballers from the 31st of October to the 12th of November 2023. And Football Australia CEO James Johnson said, Football Australia is thrilled and honoured to have won the hosting rights for this historic tournament in 2023. We have a team within our organisation that is committed to para football and know we can deliver a tournament that demonstrates our passion, respect and drive towards ensuring footballers of all abilities can proudly represent Australia and the Asia-Pacific region. To host a historic first ever Women's Para-Asia Cup will follow our co-hosting of a historic FIFA Women's World Cup and part of our strategic vision through Legacy 23 to transform how women and girls in Australia see the full potential available to them through football. It's great, isn't it? What a great story. And what's also really cool in that um, around the Latrobe facility, I remember when that was announced and, and there was a discussion around the use at community level, but I think the inclusion piece is really big here that it's also allowing para-athletes the ability to play on the world stage. In some really fantastic facilities, yeah, not just out the back. Exactly right. It's so good. So, so good. And in some good news this week out of FIFA, roller coasters, swings and roundabouts, uh, FIFA president Gianni Infantino announced an increased tournament fund that included a 300% jump in prize money as well as greater funds for team preparation and payments to players' clubs. The funding will increase to US $152 million, which is about 229 Aussie, for the first 32-team 32 women's edition, 32 which is still somewhat short of the Men's World Cup in Qatar last year, which had a total prize pool of US $440 million. Infantino said that the F- that FIFA intends to equalise prize money for the tournament at their next World Cups in 2026 and 2027, respectively. Intends is a pretty loose word. Intends is a bit loose. I I like that it's it's been spoken aloud. Yeah, very true. And he he's not on the way out. I think it, part of this press conference was him yeah, being, being reappointed. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of nice. It's not like I'll say this and leave, <laughs> leave a good legacy, <laughs> and say good luck to the next bro person. Definitely should be a woman. Um, he also said that a portion of the US $110 million in pure prize money should be dedicated to paying players, supporting the players' union, FIFA, FIF Pro, FIF Pro, which challenged FIFA to secure a global guarantee of at least 30% of prize money paid to players. So there was a letter written by FIF Pro saying that some that FIFA should actually step in and say that a certain amount of the prize money should go directly to players. I don't think that's a directive anywhere. Um, so, yeah, he's kind of doubled down on that and said that it should be dedicated. I don't think there's any ruling as such, but definitely all going in the right direction, as you say. Yeah, there's a lot of words being spoken. We want continued action off the back of it. But the breakdown of that $152 million US fund 
is $110 million for prize money, $31 million in preparation funds and $11 million to club benefits. He again called out broadcasters for offering too little for TV rights, saying women deserve much, much more than that and we are there to fight for them and with them. He noted that broadcasters had offered up to 100 times less for rights, the women's tournament, and said FIFA refused to sell at those levels. So 2019 Women's World Cup, Bez, there was I think about 1.2 million people at the games, live, ticket sales, and over a billion people globally that watched the match. So to say, yeah, well, half price, kidding themselves. Absolutely kidding themselves. And good on them for holding out. Yeah, I respect that from him. Yep. He's saying some good words. He's saying all the good words. They also confirmed that the event will thankfully not be sponsored by the Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia Tourism Authority. Infantino, he kind of he wasn't too happy about the outcry, the potential sponsored deal created. He suggested there was a double standard at play given Australian companies had export trade to Saudi Arabia worth US $1.5 billion each year. And he said this doesn't seem to be a problem or an issue. So... Always taking shots fired. Taking there. Australia's export export business to account, um, and that's look. That's all well and good, but at the end of the day, this is a female sporting event that's saying no. This isn't suitable. Mm-hmm. The Australian Soccer Federation issued a statement saying it welcomed FIFA, clarifying the visit Saudi speculation, and noted equality, diversity, and inclusion are really deep commitments for Football Australia, and will continue to work hard with FIFA to ensure the Women's World Cup is shaped in this light. Nice. Let's take a look at what to watch. Fire and the Flyers played game two of the WNBL Grand Final Series at the State Basketball Centre on Wednesday at 6.30pm AEDT. You can watch the trophy hunting live on ESPN. And if needed, as we said, game three of the series will be in Townsville on Saturday night. Who I'm, I'm all about the Flyers because I just want a game three. You don't even need to ask me. I'm Townsville through and through. <laughs> She's got a Townsville tattoo actually. Thanks to a rings one. <laughs> in netball, the mighty Giants of the Giants host reigning champs the West Coast Fever at Ken Rosewall Arena on Sunday afternoon. The match starts at 2pm and is live on Foxtel and KO. Super W is back. Oh, it's go time. Can't wait. The best rugby players are ready to rock and Friday night at the SFS, the New South Wales Waratahs start their campaign to win back their title. They accidentally lost to Fijiana last year. Was, I don't know if you can accidentally <laughs> lose a title, but continue. It happened. Um, when they face the Western Force, kickoff is 5 p.m. And if you can't get there to cheer on the legends in Tar Blue, you can watch live on Stan Sport. And if you want to learn more about some of the awesome NCAA women's basketballers, we'll put a link to a YouTube channel in um, in the show notes of this episode to hear from Aaliyah Boston, Cameron Brink and Caitlin Clark. Some really good pieces in there. It's definitely worth a watch. I'm excited to watch it. Yeah. And that's the wrap. That is the wrap. See you next week, friend. See you then. We would love if you could, if you haven't yet, chuck us a review. Few stars, five would be great. Let us know what you think of the show. Uh, it, Share, like, and comment. Yeah, makes a big difference for us. So we'd really appreciate just twenty seconds of your time. Twenty seconds. I don't know. If you want to write to some be. words, make make it forty seconds. <laughs> Deal. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>